0: So manly that my testosterone imploded on itself, making me so feminine. But what's gonna get me back on track is talking trash and talking sports, son. I scared myself. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Augusta Open. I'll be your master of ceremonies for the night. I'm Kenny Ho and we shall be talking golf and putting and the green jacket. Oh, those jackets are spiffy. Oh, this just in. The Chardonnay will be free tonight. For remembers, of course, you uncultured swine. You stay away from my clubhouse. At first, I was just making fun of that type of shit. But after, after doing that, talking like that, I'm like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> I could do this all day. It's actually less stressful talking that way than my normal actual voice, which is more or less what you're hearing right now. I've realized the mistake of my way. Life is easier if you're a white douchebag. Somebody take a note for me. I'm going to forget this later. But that's just it, isn't it? Golf is definitely the whitest, douchiest sport, quote-unquote sport, on the entire face of the planet in the history of sports. Like, it's tied with croquet, crocheting, followed ever so closely by squash, Like, think about it. Think about the people you know in your life. Think about all the people who you know play golf and squash and croquet. Douchebags, right? The second you incorporate golf into your life, you're a douchebag. There's not a single person I've ever met who plays golf where I'm like, I I think we can be real good friends. I can trust this person. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's the sport that changes the person. I think it's the type of person that's drawn to this this sport. If you can really call it a sport. When you have a guy who goes and fetches your balls and holds your clubs and shit, I don't know, man. I'm kind of on the fence about this. Wait a minute. Why, why is that same guy now driving the golfer to where the ball landed? Yep, not a sport. If you hold your own goddamn clubs and run from hole to hole... Sport. When you have a lackey holding your shit and driving you over so you can putt the ball like six feet over, you're a douchebag, first of all, and you're playing some sort of slave owner master game thing. Not a sport. If your idea of a riveting good time is, is going to usually pretty exclusive country clubs, or at least bare minimum driving into neighborhoods, that ain't the hood they'll definitely never put a golf course in the hood unless they're trying to eradicate all the the poor people, all the blacks, Hispanics, all the guys Trump hates. Unless they're trying to get rid of all those guys, first the golf course, then the bulldozers to take down their homes. Never going to be in the hood. Always going to be in a nice, rich, white neighborhood. I got to understand if it was a skill thing. Because even that doesn't make good business sense to me. I'm like, why wouldn't you want a bunch of people paying you money and lots of it to hit a ball around on your golf course? Like, why wouldn't you want that? But like, I think of basketball. There's definitely like world-famous courts, but none of them are members only. Pretty sure even the most famous legendary courts, you can go play there if you want. If you suck, it probably won't happen. You'll just get destroyed and you'll never want to go back and even if that doesn't happen you just don't get picked on the teams inclusiveness tends a combat douchebaggery and there is no other sport that has exclusiveness like golf and to that extent douchebags all right what do we got on the docket today let's talk a little blue jays i'm from toronto um i don't really watch baseball anymore so I watch a little bit of Blue Jays here and there, and that's it. So I know nothing, no storylines around the league. So you have to forgive me, but the Blue Jays, are about the only team in the league I can remotely talk about. And I don't know how much of the on-field product I'm even talking about today. I'm talking off the field. I'm talking president of the team versus the ownership. Yeah, I I wanted to say I, I read an article, but I didn't read it. I just read the headline. It said... Mark Shapiro, frustrated with Rogers, the ownership group. Now, a professional journalist would look, bare minimum, look at the article, if not read the entire article, but I'm a sports guy now. Reading, that's for women. I'm so manly, I know what that article's talking about, just looking at the freaking headline. What up, look at my biceps. Don't look at the biceps, they're embarrassingly small. I know what this story is. Oh, I think there was like a sub, uh, like a subtitle or whatever. And it said, Rogers is disappointed with the attendance. Well, yeah, you guys suck. So people aren't coming to watch. That just makes perfect sense to me. Like disposable income is finite for most people anyway. Unless you're a douchebag who plays golf. So less finite for them. Some of them not finite at all. Looking at you, Tiger Woods. Buying a lot of hookers, bro. Just keep, just keep at it. I want to see how rich you really are. Pretty impressed already. So, if you have a choice, go and watch uh, your your team lose, or get a lap dance and win. Of course, that's what we're gonna do. But I guess their complaint is less about you know, this is not making sense. Why? Why are the numbers so bad? It's because you suck. But I, I think they know what they mean is. Can we not suck so we can make some money off this team? And as I said, like three episodes ago, this is a company who once laid off a bunch of people, fired them, said, yeah, you're not making a living with us anymore because they made $1 billion less than they did the year before. I want to say the number was we made $19 billion this year as opposed to 20 Ridiculous. And you look back a few years ago, Alex Anthopoulos had a farm system that was the envy of the league. And what do we do? We gut the goddamn thing and go get 41-year-old or whatever R.A. Dickey for our top two prospects. We traded Thor. We traded a guy who's like 6'9 and throws 100 for a guy who's like 6'6. Six and throws like 20. A knuckleballer. What the hell? And you got to believe it was because ownership went to Alex Anthopoulos and they're like, hey, we're done being patient. We want to make money. Go trade for winners. It's like, you nearsighted sons of bitches. Just hang out. Just chill. Like, guys, you have, you make 19 billion bare minimum per year. Hang tight. You're okay. You're not hurting for money. Because by making those moves, we don't win a title. Had we not made those moves or actually I'm forgetting because that's the year instead of making that trade, we could have just ponied up and got you Darvish for nothing. Well, for money, but they didn't do it. Had they been like, here's $50 million, go get this pitcher so we have that ace we're looking for without giving up our top prospects. Could you imagine a team and it wasn't even that far away. Thor was like ready the next year or something like that. If they had just waited, if they went just one year, if they went down this road, they would have had you Darvish, Thor, Noah Syndergaard, Aaron Sanchez, Marcus Strowman, and just anybody to fill that fifth hole. You don't even need wins from that fifth hole because the top four guys is going to get you all the wins you need to be the number one seed Because you have Osuna, who's lights out. You have Bautista, Encarnacion, Josh Donaldson, all these guys who's going to slug a bunch of dingers, get a lot of strikeouts, eat a lot of innings, and you have yourself a championship team. But no, they went nearsighted. They went cheap. And now it's costing them. If you didn't make those moves, you still have one of the most potent starting lineups in all of baseball. And you're in it each and every year. We're not even close at this point. I just watched some of the Blue Jays versus Yankees game. That Yankees team is so above what we are today and what we're going to be for years to come. It's why even watch. Your attendance is going to be bad because you're not going to compete with these guys legitimately. You can't. You're not even like Devil Rays good. And they suck. They always suck. So stop messing around, Rogers. Stop meddling with the on-field product. These guys have done a good job. I don't understand why people keep saying get rid of these guys. They don't know what they're doing. That's not true. Every move these guys make minus the Osuna deal, they fleece the other team. They traded Drew Hutchison, who's at the very best, your fifth starter on the Blue Jays. On the Blue Jays. A fifth starter on the Blue Jays, meaning like the ninth starter on a good team. We traded him. For an upgrade in a starter, we got a Southpaw and Francisco Liriano, I believe his name is. And two top prospects. Fleece them. And then we took Liriano the next year and got two more top prospects with them. Fleece them. And they did really, really good this past uh, trade deadline. Got a lot of decent prospects for guys who are never going to be part of the future of your team. So trust the process. You already cheaped out. And that's what really screwed you. Don't try to now get greedy and do this half ass rebuild. Let's band-aid this thing. Let's, And I don't mean like put a band-aid over it. I mean like rip it off like a band-aid. Nice and quick. Full rebuild. Instead of going through this little bit of pain, little bit of pain, all the pain at once. And let's rebuild this thing. Let's heal this organization. Because looking at your competition, you have to be bad for a few years if you want to stand a chance to be competitive with these guys a few years down the line. I mean, look at it. Even the Yankees sucked for a couple of years. Even the Boston Red Sox sucked for a couple of years. But they didn't care. They're like, we got to do what we got to do. And you saw when we were good, fans showed up. We sold out Rogers. Well, Skydome, I'm calling it the Rogers Center. We sold out the Sky Dome night after night when we were good. Just be patient. You will get back there. If you're half ass you might fill out the building halfway. It's never going to be empty. You're still going to get like seven, 8,000 people per night. You'll lose money for a few years, but if you do it the right way, you will make it back down the line. It's with anything in life. If you cheap out today, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you will pay for it in the future. But if you invest today, less likely to pay down the line. I Think about it. Think about in your life. Think about getting a car. I used to think about getting a car, but then turns out I'm a horrible driver. Too much testosterone in my system that it's now estrogen. I'm so metal, the testosterone mutated into something completely different. Sports, what up sports? I think about getting a car. I know from experience, my dad bought a shitty old car. He got ripped off. They charged him $2,500 for it. It was a piece of shit. And my pops, he's, he's, a, he's a strong-headed dude. He has his own mind, you know, makes up his own mind and doesn't consult. He just does his thing. I'm like, you yeah, probably should have just uh, talked to us boys and we all chip in a bit. And you go get yourself, like, I don't know, uh, a, a, a a not piece of shit car. You can go get yourself a Kia Sportage or whatever for, like, 15,000 bucks. You know, I could probably only give you well, only what the tax is. Wait a minute, what... That's the tax. Okay, I can give you some of that. But my brother they thinking they can spot you. Because what ended up happening was he literally drove that thing around for like three months. There was something wrong with it. Like he got sick from driving it around and that car was a piece of shit. It was totally, it was it was junk after three months. So instead of wasting $2,500 getting sick and missing work. So opportunity costs like five G's at the end of the day. Take those five G's and put it towards a new car. Pay now or pay later. That's how it works. So if you're Rogers, you either suck it up, lose some money today, in hopes that someday you're gonna be so damn good because you did it right because you built from from drafting, developing in your own farm system that you have a, a dynasty, a Spurs type of team for the next 15, 20 years, which will also mean. Money and title appearances and all kinds of spin off paraphernalia, income, and such revenues and profits instead of trying to win now or at least be competitive so some people will come see you. Because if you go that way, then this is as good as you can hope for. 15,000 seats filled in a 50,000 seater. Like, look at the Oklahoma City Thunder. They had a dynasty waiting to happen. They had three players who were more talented than the aforementioned Spurs. They had three guys who, as of 2018, all been MVPs in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. And the owner was like, I don't really want to pay this guy. I mean, it's $4 million. It's like, sir, but it's $4 million total, not per year. He's like, yeah, but how you know much hookers and blow and golf memberships that is? That's, yeah, we're not doing it. Screw it. We're not paying them. Trade them. Durant walks a couple years later because he knows that team not going to win a title, not going to beat Steph. They have Harden, different story because then they have a three-headed beast of their own. So he leaves. And what do they do? They trade young guys for Paul George, They trade young guys for Carmelo Anthony. Melo couldn't get it done when he was 24, let alone 34. And by making that move, they're way in the salary luxury tax. If they hadn't been able to get rid of Carmelo Anthony... They would have had to pay like $200 million or something in luxury tax. And they suck. So because he was too cheap to pony up $4 million, he's ponying up like $96 million or something right now in luxury taxes to try to make up for that mistake. So you are paying way, way more for way, way less. Pay now or pay later. That's how it works. Bite me, Rogers. You guys are Nazis. What else do we got on the docket? Hold on, I just need to put some steroids in my butt. Ah, I'm so manly now. Let's do another story. R.J. Barrett. Is that Barnett? Is it? No, I'm pretty sure it's R.J. Barrett, Canadian kid, next big thing in the NBA, a phenom. You know everything they said about Andrew Wiggins. They're saying about this guy, Canadian kid who can fly, who's gonna save a franchise. He recently, because he plays for Duke uh, American University, recently did a little uh, world tour, well, Canadian tour, where he beat the shit out of Ryerson. He beat the shit out of the University of Toronto. I think there's supposed to be one more game, so I don't know, maybe York. It's like, okay, it's kind of nice seeing a Canadian kid do well. He's expected to be in the NBA and be like a good NBA player, if not a great NBA player. And it's cool that, you know, Duke is in Canada. But it's not so cool to see Duke and RJ Barrett beat the shit out of these Canadian teams. It's it's really it's it was pathetic. I think they beat Ryerson by like twenty something, whatever, twenty some odd points. They beat the U of T by thirty six points. But I mean everybody saw that coming. Nobody plays nobody good plays for these Canadian teams, for these Canadian schools. And I don't blame them. Like, part of me is like, hey, man, if you're a real cool dude, you know, you're the next big thing coming out of Canada. I don't know. Maybe stay in Canada. Be the most dominant Canadian player in... I don't know what it's called. It's the, the, the Canadian equivalent of the NCAA. Dominate. Be Mr. Canada. Wouldn't that be cool? Probably. But nobody's ever going to do that. All the good Canadian players the second they can go to the United States of America. Why? Because that's a country who values sports and puts resources and money into people who are in sports. So you can't blame them. But it is disappointing to see a Canadian kid who by all means probably loves Canada, but decides to go to an American university, come home and beat the shit out of the Canadian universities. Like, a few years ago, wasn't it? It was Joey Vado, baseball guy, baseball player for the Reds. He got interviewed, and I don't know why he said this. He had himself, like, a Kenny Ho show moment where he just, like, real talked. He's like, yeah, F Canada, F Toronto. I don't give a shit about any of them. I was like, whoa, dude, where's this coming from? He's like, they didn't look out for me. They didn't put resources in me. It's the Americans that looked out for me. Oh, Okay. You probably should start with that. The other stuff's really abrasive and uh, doesn't make you seem like a nice Canadian boy to me. But now it's understandable why you'd say those things. And then he comes out the next day and apologizes. I didn't mean any of that. Nah, bullshit, buddy. You did mean it. And stand by it. You're a sports guy. You're tough. You're not like me, soft and... Wait a minute. I mean, you're exactly like me. We're both tough boys. Sports. testosterone. own. Let's do this. Just stand by it, though. Like, it's real talk nobody here in canada gives a shit about baseball we don't there's no money in baseball i think there's a bit of money in soccer a bit of money in basketball but the rest of it a bunch of it in olympics but then everything else into hockey that's it. it is canada that's how it works so why not come out and just be like that's a hockey nation they they shafted me and uh you know what i don't rep them i rep the people who actually gave a shit about me and my career just say that and maybe it's a wake-up call to people, to you know, these golf-loving types up here in Canada, to be like, hey, maybe we should put some money in other sports other than hockey. Because clearly, there's guys who can play baseball. There's guys who can play basketball. Why not try to develop those sports so that we become world-class in sports as well? But then Justin Trudeau comes along. He's like, oh, no, no, no. No, guys, we're Canada. We're, we're, we're going to take our money, take our resources, and... And give it to these asylum seekers. Well, Mr. Prime Minister, uh, don't you think there's a good chance there's some uh, real uh, heinous criminals amongst them? Don't be silly. Canada's magical. We love everybody. Here, buddy, smoke some legalized marijuana. You're going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. But uh we hear a lot of these guys are doing bad shit around the world that has uh, taken them in, uh, don't you think? Canada's magical, bro. Not going to happen here. Smoke some legalized marijuana. And watch some hockey, eh? All right, that's it. I gotta cycle the steroids. I, I can't be injecting more in my butt right now. So I'm gonna save some of this manliness for next time. I probably should have came out with a sign-off before I gone on mic today. But oh man, I'll come up with shit on the spot, all right? What, my woman? Planning shit? Come on. Till next time, eat your sports, bitch. Nah, that's probably... That's not gonna go over well with the feminists can call a woman a bitch. Go shag some balls, bro. Or don't, because that's gay if you do. Don't shag balls, bro. I can go with, I live with that. Oh, it seems anti-gay, right? Come on, I'm, I'm an open, Canada's magical, you know? I'm a Canadian. I'm open to everything. So let's find something in the middle. Not anti-woman and not anti-gay. Go shag some balls, bitch. I like it. Go shag some balls, bitch.